0: I also think that the, the, the concept of privatization have uh, creeped into the security apparatus. Oh, as well. and that's really oh, scary, definitely. right? And and what what is uh, visible is that the, in selective areas, uh, security like the police are being trained oh, yeah. uh, by the Americans, by the French, mm, by whoever, Italians. for to protect uh, what it's called friendly policing in certain areas, yeah. in, in the rich areas and around Hargeisa, for instance, mm, yeah. but not not in poorer areas yeah. where the the, the concept of policing is completely a brute I'm gonna oh, yeah. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna put you in jail and you're gonna bribe me to take to, to yeah, you
1: out like for example they, the the new they made it really pretty and then you go inside they have new computers and has a little marble whatever and it looks pretty and modern Police it, looks like, you know, and it, it looks like it looks like it basically looks like what what, what Google's office would look like if it was like a police right, office, you right, know? Right, right, right. I mean, and this was funded by the American Embassy, yeah, they were trained course. by the
0: Americans, yeah. Yeah,
1: but then if you go to, uh, you know, a really poor area, it, it, it's a dungeon, you know, and you don't want to know what the police will do to you there. No, of course it's not. It's not that the police not not. won't abuse you in Ahbash or anywhere else, but there's 19... this facade and people will fall for it because... They
0: rebranded a place that is yeah. notorious for torture in yeah. I mean, I yeah. know, I, everybody knows someone who got tortured in Ahbash for nothing. Yeah. And they rebranded the whole thing because of its surrounding and made it its look. Its
2: reputation.
0: Exactly. And they changed the name even of the.
1: Yeah, Nakhfar Ras Beirut, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it is very problematic. And what and I think what. And, and, and then the interesting thing is that what the government is doing to rebrand its image, which has been tarnished mm. big time during the protest, mm. is to use these very.
2: Propaganda. Funky.
1: Yeah, funky entrepreneurial propaganda, which is very cool with the hippies and the techie kids. Right. I mean. Everybody. I mean, I, I don't even want to know how much how much they spent on social training, social media training for these politicians. Right. The police's Twitter feed alone. I know. Um, yeah, like pre-
2: they, they post pictures even, of someone uh, giving a bottle uh, bottle of water to a marathon runner or like uh, helping a woman carry. Uh, I know, there's
1: a lot of money. I'm and even in though. the last Arab Net uh, Entrepreneur Entrepreneur Conference in. Yeah. Lebanon, they had somebody from the ISF talk there at a, at a panel. Oh wow! Something about like uh, digital using social media stuff. Mm-hmm. They had him talk. He's in, in his suit and everything, and his military outfit and everything, and he talked about it. Oh, in And wow. wow, and like you know what I mean? It's it's ridiculous, and so it just shows. I mean, I don't know how that doesn't cri- show people that. I mean, not to oh, fall for this rebranding techie thing. It's it, it. We have to dig deeper than institutions. You have to create. Things are, Ah, fuck it. And another thing about
2: <laughs> conferences is that they always invite politicians for a keynote uh, speech. Why is that? I don't know. Probably because they have the same interests.
0: So, so we, there's two elites vying exactly. for exactly. the economy, basically. And it's the economy in Lebanon, it's the service industry. Yeah. That's all and you have some
1: people in between, too. For example, the former Minister of Communications, the, Nicolas oh. is now, he who's part of uh, Aoun's party. You know, you go on his Twitter and he's like, you know, supporting entrepreneurs. He's inviting them over. He's, you know, now he's the uh, president of the, uh, uh, the Beirut UK Tech Hub, which is like a right. startup incubator. And now, wow, you know, wow, he's so modern everything.
2: And he likes Pink Floyd and but Star then Wars.
1: And but then he, but yeah, then he yeah, recently, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but he's always saying, you know, vote on for president. And yesterday he posted this thing about why refugees shouldn't be nationalized. And he did this parallel with South Korea. Everyone's making fun of him for wow. it. It's clearly sectarian. You know, of course he just is. you know he's worried about the sectarian balance. You know, so is. okay, so okay, so what so what does that mean? By sectarianism sugar by neoliberal sure, n- ideas. Yeah, but not just neoliberal. I mean, just like you know, it's not it's just neoliberal. It's just things thing like you know we support new faces or whatever. You know, people think that the younger stars are new faces. They really aren't. No, it's, it's not new faces to the system. It's new faces to the facade of the right, system. Of right.
0: I mean, you mentioned uh, uh, (laughs) refugees, and this is something that uh, I really took note on—the fact that no one mentioned the two million people that share this country. uh, That you have Palsir refugees, Syrian refugees, migrant workers, Iraqi refugees, and and this is a substantial number out of a four million population, or whatever. Why why no one is willing to, to just mention refugees and the fact that actually refugees do form most of the labor market in Lebanon as well? And, and that is draconian, the way that the yes. labor is treated. Uh, why do you guys think they, they avoid uh, addressing the, the refugees? It's as if it's a taboo. I noticed as well last summer during the protests when we asked uh, to, 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 to include refugees within the protest, uh most of the organizers... They were like, they have nothing to do with out. it. They said this is separate. They have nothing to do with it. But it is because... Even
2: though they've been living here for years. Exactly. And
0: we are asking for a better life for everyone and not exactly. only for the Lebanese. And then the, the, there was a hyped nationalist sentiment yeah. where our friends, for instance, Syrians or Palestinians who came to the protest, started feeling threatened oh, yeah, and alienated that they weren't included in this. Yet yeah, They live here. They're part of the economy. Yeah.
1: This is part of Lebanon's problematic political culture, which the establishment has halted. Mm. You know,
2: systematic. It's it's a, it's a systematic uh, division based on, mm.
1: on affiliations with a certain sect or a certain mafia. It shows that despite Lebanon being a pen for over seventy years, people don't feel like they are a citizen of a country. They feel like they are part of a certain clan or whatever right. within a country. Which shows that to them, saying ana uh, watane is like a very progressive and modern thing. Okay. We haven't gone past that. This is why a lot of people say ana Because they are disillusioned. They believe that the only people that did that represents Lebanon without any sectarian or mafia-like things in the army, which is obviously not true. But, but you know, that, that to them is a huge deal. Mm, you know, mm. Because historically, Lebanon was never like a united country. No, no, and we and have an
0: identity issue as well. Absolutely. That does mean to be Lebanese. And to them,
1: it's such a shock factor when you say, okay, let's bring in the foreign refugees into the mix. Foreign yeah. workers, foreign refugees. Like, whoa, whoa, what the fuck? You know, and... Knowing that with,
0: without this labor, yeah. without the refugees, yeah. the refugees as well created an economy, seeing the refugees brought a lot of money into Lebanon. They did, and yeah. And they, they hardly get any... Exactly.
1: If if the uh, if the refugees weren't uh, building all these buildings and doing all this dirty labor work, the the uh, who would have done who it? Who would have done it? Yeah. And, and and I'm sure the, the businessmen wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have um, hired local people, which on yeah. the, on the, on the labor so laws so they would so probably so. have probably had these ventures elsewhere. They probably would have gone to Africa, some country in yes. Africa where they can exploit other people there. Yes. Mm-hmm. And
0: so uh, this is this is a kind of uh, disheartening element of the uh, so-called civil society that it isn't uh, inclusive. It's more of an exclusive bubble. It uh, is uh, it not is addressing exclusive. a massive a massive uh, uh, topic, which is the refugees in Lebanon uh, and, and how refugees are living. I mean, it, it's it's really br- they are still scapegoated. It's really brutal yeah. how they get discriminated from the state uh, security and from people mm-hmm. as well. Yet they are not mentioned at all during the campaign
2: mm. And I don't think it's only about identity But it's also about politics So if I want to care about the Syrian refugees Am I being pro-Assad or am I being... That's silly It's really silly, but that's what they think
1: you know, And you know, In theory, caring about refugees just means that you care about people Exactly. Norway,
2: exactly. People are
1: sharing this country with.
2: Exactly. They've been living here for years, and they're gonna be here for of years. Course. Let's just accept so it. Let's just let's accept just, it. Of course. And let's just.
0: I mean, Palestinian refugees—they are isolated inside inhumane
1: camps, and
0: exactly. no one addressed that. Refugees, Nobody.
1: the past refugees, especially are—I mean—are subhuman. I mean, my God. I mean, they—they they have worse than anywhere else. Bismillah. And what is the harm in? I, I, I don't understand. Having them involved Look,
2: because they've been but living if
1: it here. it isn't us, the young people, well, then who, who's going to change that? And the thing I'm is sorry. that like people people are saying in Iran, we don't have the capacity. To have all these refugees. Okay, you know what? it's true. Lebanon does not have the capacity, but also I'm sure that if we had proper governance and, public, uh, and service, public service systems where we can hold accountable and we used our money in an intelligent way, we could do a lot more than what we're doing right now. Of and I have this strong belief that we allowed a lot of refugees to come in knowing that they can be exploited for cheap labor in the interests of the ruling class of Lebanon uh, and, and, and the corporations. Because a lot of them would bust it anyway from Syria to Lebanon. Like they don't care because they're not going to affect their areas, mm. you know? Mm. And, and anyway, it's going to prevent people from questioning the government because now they're going to be able to pay everything all the refugees. They're taking our jobs. They are accepting no, the business, so, it's, it's so this is it. something that really benefits the Lebanese government. And let's not forget, identity crises. Oh man, this is all these Sunnis are going to take the Christians away. It's scapegoating All scapegoating. All over the place. I mean, you call you know, Bir Bish hamoud They're complaining about all the Syrians. They how they're causing troubles and problems there. You know, Jabran Basil meets with the Hungarian Prime Minister. Both of them fascistic as ever. Saying, "Hey, they're, they're, we agree that the Syrians are compromising our Christian population, whatever." This is all playing into their game, uh, playing, 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 into, playing into their hands. Yeah. So it is a huge problem. The refugees definitely need to be included um, because I don't understand, I mean, why a problem like waste collection, sanitation, public health, electricity, decent conditions of living, decent rights. This is universal for all people who live in Lebanon, nice. whether you're Lebanese, whether you're from... Sierra Leone, whether you're from Sri Lanka, mm-hmm. or whether you're Palestinian or Syrian, I mean, For this people is. Who are living here. And I don't know why this is such a foreign concept to so many people. It's it's it's, it's unbelievable, and this shows how successful the different mafias were in isolating people, dividing them, mm-hmm. and preventing. I mean, preventing any form of critical thinking mm-hmm. in the in the uh, stigmatizing critical thinking when it comes to politics, social issues, and I mean, of course, you can reflect this in the public schools because. You, When you learn about Lebanese history, you learn all of independence and nothing more.
0: So I want to touch on the last point now and think that, uh, you know how the protests last summer was so hyped and actually formed a serious challenge to to the regime. And the municipal elections, with with all uh, its uh, defaults, uh, it kind of formed as well a threat to the ruling uh, system. Absolutely. What I'm thinking is, what's next? Can we go back to a mode of protest? What, how the regime would perceive that? Because now that we said like we're going to join the regime and be part of it and fail to do that, how can we go back to challenging the regime and say it's a corrupt entity, we want to change it? So do you think that there was fake hopes created by the civil society that put so much hope on the fact of uh, municipal elections that is actually damaging for future uh, struggle against the regime?
2: Absolutely. I mean, I feel the burnout uh, mm. with people. They were promised huge mm. things that were not accomplished. They were promised a lot of things that were only exhibited through GIFs on Twitter mm. and and uh, Photoshop work, mm. which is really very beautiful. But they were the the expectations were very very high, and people were thinking for for, for a moment there that Beirut Medinati is going to be the savior of Beirut. And everything's gonna be great once Beirut Medina wins. Mm-hmm. But now that it failed to win, what's next?
1: Exactly. What, 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 what are People, they gonna do? And we, now? I mean, the problem is that, yeah, all the campaigns are so misleading. That, this is gonna be a struggle. You should, you know, I wish it was that simple, but it's not. And I even remember how disappointed I was uh, after August 29, the big protest of Atala of and they had their four demands. Mohamed Mashnout resigns because we're going to make sure every minister knows that they're held accountable and if they fail, we're going to make sure they resign. Holding the ISF and Muhad Mashnout accountable for all the police brutality and exactly. their legal actions. You know, parliament elections, um, uh, transparency on how our taxes are being spent. And everybody was cheering and re- roaring. Exactly. Okay, if we can all agree on that, that's a huge step forward. And they said, we're going to escalate. Okay, the system. And then we were like, okay, when is a general strike going to happen? Right. And they had this little white ribbon thing. Jesus. And you know. like... And start de-escalating. It de-escalated
2: from there, exactly. Yeah. It started looking like a like a huge flash mob and a huge uh, and, N- NGO doing like certain activities exactly. in, in, in different places. Yeah. I mean, we can't really rely on, on on these things. Going to the streets is very important. Trying to change things from from within is important but we're failing
1: it's necessary to escalate for it's sure.
2: necessary to escalate but it's also very necessary to create new political parties mm. we are sick of these political parties nobody wants to say that hey I'm, I'm i'm pro this political party anymore so why not create something new if you're going to create a new ngo you're not going to get anywhere
1: yeah exactly. we need
2: new political parties we need political ideology because otherwise, we're not going to be able to succeed in doing political work if we're just going to say that we, we don't belong to a political party and we don't have we, an ideology and we don't have these things. So we that's can't do these
1: cop-ups. I understand, like, you know, people are afraid of, of, of a simplified political rhetoric where you follow the philosophies of an individual or a group of individuals, mm-hmm. fine. But you can have, like, a charter for a political party with, with a set of standards and beliefs. We don't believe in, in empowering corporations. For public services, we believe in X, Y, and Z. We believe in in these rights for women, and these rights for minorities, and whatever. You know what I mean? Like you can have an ideology which you create, which is and,
2: eclectic, and not it, necessarily works, it's not necessarily liberal.
1: Yeah, and you can Do create something. Yeah. Create
2: something that you uh, something and, that caters to the community.
1: And then, and of course, this will benefit us going forward big time. And I think that right now there's a great opportunity for the protests to escalate. Namib closed down a few days ago. Right. Right? Maybe it's time we all go to Namib and support the people there and be precious to clean some more. But it feels that uh, every time,
0: every round of uh, confrontation with the, with the regime, with yeah. the corrupted regime, we de escalate and new NGOs open. That was a good mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Uh, and, and it feels
1: like the, the whole society right. is getting angrier. Well, the, the thing is, the thing is, something that also bothered me about the like, the, the protests was the nature that the protests happened. They were very organized and ahead of time. They weren't kind of like... I mean, people wanted to go down, but they waited until the organizers gave them a green light to go down. Mm. This is very problematic. Yeah. I think that everybody should be sitting on the streets of course, when they can. It shouldn't be uh,
0: limited to time. Like exactly. There was people coming at nine saying, Khalas, the activity is finished. Yeah. And people were fired exactly. up. Exactly. It has to be ongoing. People were fired up. You know, you can't just say
1: someone who's, who's standing up to the police...
2: Come and tell them, let now, we can go
0: home. Yeah,
1: and, 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 and this, I think this is the problem. I, and uh, of course, it's very frustrating, but I do think that the protests need to go on. It's very difficult because the people they support are not really showing their outrage anymore. Mm-hmm. And they feel like, you know, if the people who really have dedicated their lives to it, and I say this between quotations, by the way, don't care, why should we care? You know, if mm-hmm. they feel hopeless, then why should we feel mm-hmm. hopeless? And the mm-hmm. reality, mm-hmm. we shouldn't be relying on these people. If these people want to protest if they want to use their skills to promote the protest great but we'll do what we want to do and we won't, we won't follow orders blindly and i think giving them this power to influence people want to come to the protest want to start want to stop you know it's they ha- were
2: acting like mini za'ims they were acting, acting like mini za'ims. politicians do this obvious. don't do that hey stand
0: here stand there exactly. let's gather over here gather, you know like and they even had their own security within the protests which was something weird people were rebelling against security exactly and, and they had, they had, had, had a different kind of security
2: wearing these yellow vests and yeah. the
1: volunteers making sure yeah. that like people weren't like causing so,
0: problems so do, do you, I mean the last thing I want to say is why revolutionary um protest methods and direct action as being something that no one wants to adopt?
1: I think that... I think, I think it's just because it's a nice... I think it's a great way to bring people together at first and then once you have to do some really difficult work, some serious organizing and shows they have to actually get, you know, do more than just stand and chant and, and, and whatever and, you have, and the organizers will have enough support by that time and they can de-escalate and maintain their support with them if, if, if that makes sense right you know they kind of do you know what i mean so when they were gathering people to protest it worked and once they had to start organizing seriously and to start doing things like strikes and convince people to go on strike or to whatever they didn't do
2: that though like, they didn't
1: once they had to once mm-hmm. they a word where they had to they said okay now we can just kind of de-escalate not risk ourselves and we can maintain our support for our future endeavors okay so it's kind of like hijacking the benefits of a system during its early adoption period, mm, mm, mm. not to sound too businessy, and then sort of deflate with it. Right. Because they don't want to go that extra mile because they're benefiting from the system. They're benefiting from... So they're worried about their privileges. Yeah, they're worried about their privileges. That's for sure.
2: They don't want to be fired from their NGOs or companies. Um, but at the same time, they disappointed so many people and that's what led to the decrease in turnout. Uh, during the protests um, after o- august
0: it led to uh, disappointments
2: it led to a huge disappointment the disappointment didn't come just because the government was acting very violently and beating up people but it's also because the organizers didn't do what they had to do to, they didn't live up to the spirit yeah, because we have to remember
1: that it's not because because we have to remember that when the uh, when the police were super violent using rubber bullets and the military were firing warning shots and they were being sprayed with water cannons and being beaten and and, and whatever People still came the following day. True. And the numbers kept growing. And, and they Even after Muhammad Ali got shot in the head with a rubber exactly. bullet and you he was not unconscious. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. More people came. It wasn't that. It was the fact that the organizers who people were following almost blindly mm. decided to escalate. And people were shocked. Like, Wait, what are you talking about? This was, yeah, this was almost... All these months, all the people yeah. got hurt. Yeah.
2: Not yeah. one yeah. single general strike.
1: And,
0: and they and were against th- the idea of Jerusalem. Like, absolutely against it. it. Were... And
2: even when the teachers did a, did a strike, they didn't show solidarity. No. So, so I it's... think,
1: yeah. And you can also see that there was a ma- massive difference when some people were saying, well, let's use this opportunity to target other problems within Lebanon. You know, let's focus on the garbage versus other things later. Which shows that they didn't want to be too challenging. Right. And especially because the Ministry of Environment is not Lebanon's most significant environment. Right. No, of course not. And I mean, and, but it would be great if Mahmoud resigned. resign would be very symbolic. It would definitely scare people. But imagine if you we wanted to be challenged, Nouhad Mashmoum, the Minister of Interior, of who is very powerful, or if we challenge the uh, another ministry which has a much bigger influence. I wish we did that. I really wish we did. And I think it's just it just shows that we need something completely new. And Lebanese civil society is kind of a bubble of its own. Mm. This collection of NGOs. Mm-hmm which mm-hmm. want to solve symptoms of certain problems, but they're happy in their little bubble. And civil society is, is in Lebanon is considered that. Mm. But we need, we need student movements that go beyond their campuses. Mm. We need unions that are not affiliated to political parties or are not easily bribed. Mm. This is civil society. It's, civil society is very eclectic, it's very dynamic.
2: And mm. good media, because the media that we have in Lebanon is too biased. Yep. Uh, all the media outlets are, are owned by these politicians or, or corporations or elites, yeah. so we need something more grassroots we need exactly. to see things that are happening on more the ground we need to talk to real people not only um, like uh, experts and politicians okay. we need to be more in touch with the reality on the ground
0: I totally agree with that that's why we have Beirut syndrome today on the show <laughs> do you guys want to add anything else
2: thank you for having us
1: yeah thanks so much for having us and uh,
0: you can check out check our stuff. <laughs> we definitely do that. Uh, it's BeirutSyndrome at...
2: It's BeirutSyndrome.com. We're com. also on Twitter, Twitter and
0: Facebook. Twitter. Okay, okay, perfect. Check that out. Uh, we had Sarah and Karim with us today. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, uh, Muhammad Ali Nair. Goodbye. <laughs>
2: I'm not a man.